At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into Super Bowl weekend, or rather just about. But nevertheless, we are very excited for today's show. One of my favorite shows of the year, the Friday leading into Super Bowl Sunday. I'm Danny Burke, and the show is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Thank you for being with us, and we're looking forward to giving you so much information all throughout. We'll not only be talking the Super Bowl, of course, tonight, but we also will be hitting on the NBA and senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel will be with us in 15 minutes. The impact of all the transactions at the deadline. What does that do for him in terms of the futures conversation? He's got to play with the NBA slate tonight. And of course, we'll squeeze in some NFL action with our guy JVT. Then a half hour from now, our Friday regular. We gave him last Friday off to really recollect and get everything in order. But now he's back in the saddle. James Salinas, former Super Contest champion, current host of the Pro Football Blitz here on VEASAN. 30 minutes from now, he will be dishing out his top plays for Super Bowl 56. And then at the end of the show, my final picks all encapsulated from my overall play, from all the props. We will be listing all of those out in 45 minutes. But let's kick things off with the bet that I did officially make. I know I've been hinting toward it. We got the overall bet in the Super Bowl. Then we'll go to the NBA and hockey where I have some action. But let's get into it with Danny's dimes here on Rush Hour, beginning with the Rams and the Bengals. Like I said, I've been teasing it for a while. I was waiting to hope and see if I could get that better number. Doesn't really seem like it's going to be the case. And you know what? Maybe it dips down to three in the hook. Maybe this money line comes down to minus 185. Even if it does, not really that big of a difference. So I am pulling the trigger officially on the Rams minus four. I am laying it with Los Angeles. Like I said, I've been touting it really for the past couple of weeks. To me, this Rams team is built for this moment a little bit more so than Cincinnati. Anything good or solid that Cincinnati has, Los Angeles can virtually counter it. Jamar Chase, I give you Jalen Ramsey. Joe Burrow, I give you a veteran quarterback that's been beat down and dealt with adversity in Matt Stafford. Zach Taylor's doing a little bit better. Well, you got Sean McVay as long as he doesn't get in over his own head and do what he did in the first Super Bowl, which was over-prepare, as he will be the first to tell you. And kind of was in shambles last game against the 49ers. But again, the jury's still out on Zach Taylor, so I'll give the slight advantage to Sean McVay, who has been, uh, who has been in this spot. And that's also the thing, right? I mean, this Bengals team is catching lightning in a bottle. They're playing with house money, as I keep saying, but at some point, they just have to be really good. So I'm 
I'm not discrediting them, and I'm not saying that they still can't even cover this spot. But usually in the NFL, turning a 180 from such a crap team to doing as well as the Bengals have done doesn't really happen. It's usually the spot that you're seeing with the Rams where you're building up to it. You go to this point, you get beaten down, a.k.a. lose in the Super Bowl. You build back toward it once again. You're chiseled from it, right? Iron sharpens iron. You've gone through it, and then you could come back and show that you are the tougher team and you are ready for this moment. So aside from all of that and just kind of the situational aspect of it, looking at the metrics, DVOA-wise, the Rams, as we have talked about, ad nauseum have the advantages in a lot of spots. And the biggest part of this, too, battle of the trenches, Cincinnati's offensive line is going to be the reason that will haunt them and prevent them from winning this game. Aaron Donald, Von Miller will have a lot to say about it. So I like the Rams in this spot, and I laid the four for Los Angeles officially against the Cincinnati Bengals. And to me, to be quite frank, I mean, anecdotally, from everybody I'm talking to, it seems like Cincinnati is the public dog in this spot. It's easier to root for Joe Burrow, it seems. He's a cool guy. He's calm, cool, and collected, confident, and he's swaggy, and everybody wants to get a piece of it. And they saw what he did on the road against Kansas City, and now they see that you're getting four with them. They'll gladly take it. But I think this is a good spot for the Rams. And as Steve Mackinnon noted in the Big Game Betting Guide, great trends and analysis from Steve with his numbers, the straight-up winner in the last 54 Super Bowls have covered the spread over 88% of the time, 45-6-3 ATS. So if it's under the number of seven, which Adam Burke, I believe, talked about, as well as some other uh, frequent flyers here on Rush Hour, if it's under seven, if your team is going to cover, or if you're, if you're a favorite, if you're going to win, chances are you're going to cover. Whereas if you're a dog, every single time it's been under seven, the underdog, if they've covered that number, they end up winning it outright. So if you do like the Bengals, maybe you just take plus 168. But again, if you're looking to bet the Rams, a team that is one straight up covering at an 88% clip. So I'm trusting that trend and Matt Stafford and Sean McVay and laying the four with the Los Angeles Rams. So made that official, laying it with L.A. We'll get to all the props later in the show that I am officially playing and have talked about playing. I've added a couple more, but I did want to talk about some other wagers I've got for tonight. We can't ignore all the action going on in the NBA and hockey this evening, so I got to talk about the Bulls game going on here in the Windy City. Chicago taking on Minnesota. Bulls opened up as a four-point favorite at home, and now this line has dipped to three. The funny part about this game, or really just uh, takes your breath away part, is that this total opened at 240 and a half. I guess maybe it's not too surprising because of the lack of defense we have seen from the Bulls, but my goodness, 240 and a half, and now it's up to 241 with the juice still on the over at Bat Rivers. But again, my interests lie with the spread and money line. Open four, down to three. Money line has Chicago at minus 150, and I am laying a buck 50 with Chicago. I was hoping I could get it down to about minus 145, minus 140, but so be it. It seems like it's going back in favor of Chicago. Now, a lot of players on Minnesota's roster have made the injury list in terms of questionable being questionable are they going to play 50 50 chances are a majority of them will play but i still like the bulls and the advantage in this spot but it looks like beverly was questionable anthony edwards nas reed russell just to name a few on the injured list in terms of being questionable for the bulls vooch was probable in this game io Desumu was also questionable so be aware of that and keep your eye out haven't seen anything officials of late but i'll try to update that if any news comes around 
So the, the thing about this game is the, Mol is the Wolves actually match up fairly well against Chicago. Now, 42% uh, of their shots collectively as a unit come from three-point land, which is third best in the NBA, third highest, rather. And we know Chicago absolutely struggles defending the three. However, they're not dead last anymore. They've moved up a couple spots. They're only 28th now allowing opponents to shoot 37.2%. So if Minnesota is knocking it down from beyond the arc, could be a tough day for Chicago. But the thing here is, as long as you still have your veteran-laden squad with the Bulls in Vooch, DeRozan, Levine, and like we talked about in that Hornets game, getting enough production out of Kobe White, this Bulls team can outscore pretty much anybody or someone being similar competition to inferior, and that would be the Minnesota Timberwolves, in my eyes, who have struggled on the road this year, 13-16, and 16, whereas the Bulls have been great at the UC, 19-8 and eight at home. And maybe they got a little bit more incentive coming into this game, right? They love their unit. They love the camaraderie. Some fans a little bit annoyed that they didn't make a big move at the deadline, but they want to go out there and show, hey, despite us missing some players, we can still compete with the Sixers who just got James Harden, with the Nets who were the outright favorites coming into the season, with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. So they may be a little bit more inspired in this game post-trade deadline because they didn't make any moves. They want to go out there and say, you know what, forget you guys. We don't need anybody else. We love our core group that we have right now. And this is a spot to where, and it's funny, and I've talked about this, not that it's a must win, but every game that usually wouldn't feel very important for the Bulger that you would have to sweat now has that type of feeling. So I feel like they're in a higher gear because of their lack of depth, and I think this is a game that gives them a different sentiment heading into it, so they will absolutely be going all out. They know their defense needs to improve, and they will step up and show out against Minnesota. So I played Bulls on the money line, minus 150. Now the hockey game I got tonight, we will take you out to Dallas. The Stars are taking on the Jets. And I was a little curious of betting Dallas in this game. Overall, ended up staying away. And what I'm curious about and did get involved with, uh, with ended up being the total. So this total opened up at about five and a half. The over was minus a buck 20. Under is even money. You've seen it go up to six at Bet Rivers. Some shops still have five and a half, but you're laying some juice to the over. And that is actually what I did. Minus 122 over five and a half. Now, full disclosure, I bet this with the assumption Braden Holtby would be in net for Dallas because he's been a little bit lackluster as of late. But it looks like Jake Ottinger will be in the game and he's been a little bit better. But if Connor Hellebuck is taking the net for the Jets, I think that's still a decent advantage for this game featuring a lot of goals. Because on the road, he's 6, 8, and 5 as Hellebuck, and he's got a 2.97 goals against average. So with this total at 5.5, again, I laid minus 122 at 6. Not as in love with it. But you look at that, and Hellebuck has gone over this when he's been starting in 20 out of 36 games. And in the month of January in the games he started, they went over this total in 6 out of 10 games, had 3.5 with his goals against average in the month of January with a save percentage of sub-90. Now, also, the Stars are averaging 3.6 goals per game on home ice this season, and during those contests, the total for the full game overall is averaging 6.3. And the over, oddly enough, found this stat uh, at Covers.com. They do a good job of putting those out there, but the over is a perfect 7-0 with the Jets coming off a shutout over the last two seasons with that spot having an average total of 6.8 goals. I know some people don't care about totals, but I thought that was worth mentioning considering it's been a perfect 7-0. And the over for the Stars' last 12 games, 
8-3-1. I think this is going to be a higher scoring effort. Not sure that Winnipeg defensively with Hellebuck is going to do enough to limit Dallas. And even though it's not Holtby, we'll see how good Ottinger can do in this spot. And the trend has been going toward the over. So I bet it at 5.5. Bet Rivers lets you, you know, slide that button so you could choose what total you want. And I laid a little bit more, minus 122, to get the over 5.5 between Winnipeg and Dallas. So to start things off, that's one of the bets we got in hockey. NBA, we're laying a buck 50 with the Bulls against the Timberwolves. And then for Super Bowl 56, we're laying four with the Los Angeles Rams. Don't worry, plenty more props that we'll dish out at the end of the show. But let's go back to the NBA. Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN senior NBA analyst, joining us next, talking futures and a game he likes on the Friday night slate. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, remember that Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. Welcome back to it. The show is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. Crowd is already getting packed in anticipation for the big weekend ahead, not only for the Super Bowl, but, hey, we got a lot of stuff happening around the association. And who better to talk to about it than VEASAN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel at MeJVT, where you can catch him on Twitter. JVT, thank you for making some time, as always, my friend. Got to start off with the trade deadline news. Biggest one of that being Harden going to Philadelphia, Simmons, Seth Curry, Drummond going to Brooklyn. Your immediate reaction to it. I, I think a lot of people are torn on, well, maybe not a lot of people, but you get the big group that says the Sixers want it, but then there's some other people, and I think yourself included, that are looking at the Nets going, hey, they didn't end up so bad. So with that being said, how do you look to handicap the futures market now? Well, I mean, you're a little behind the eight ball, right? You never want to react afterwards. So from a from a value standpoint, Danny, I would say there's not really much there for you to attack. The 
the Westgate Superbook, it's funny. So when the, the move was initially made, the Westgate Superbook out here in Vegas went to 10 to 1 on Brooklyn and actually started to get dressed to go down to, to the Westgate Superbook to bet the Brooklyn Nets at 10 to 1 uh, to win the NBA Finals. But ultimately, uh, that got moved up to like 8 to 1 or so. So if you can find a shop that moves in on Brooklyn at like double digits, I think that would definitely be worth it. But look, it's funny. When I kind of like lick my finger and test the wind, there still seems to be this weird hesitancy with with James Harden and um, forgetting how good he has been throughout his career, and namely last year, how good he was for the uh, Brooklyn Nets when he first got acquired. 26.4 points per game, 8.9 rebounds, 11.2 assists in 33 games right after he got acquired by Brooklyn. He was like the only guy that was available for a good stretch before his hamstring injury. You know, I think there was some surprise that Philly moved ahead of Brooklyn in the futures market at some spots. I, I think that is apt. I think Philadelphia, if if you get the version of James Harden that played through the first 33 games of last season for Brooklyn, uh, you're going to get a really good version of, of the Philadelphia 76ers this year and uh, into next year. No doubt about it. Yeah, the Sixers moved down to 3-1 to one at Bet Rivers in the Eastern Conference conversation. And then for the championship, uh, you still see the Nets as a short shot, plus 450, and then the Sixers at about 7-1. to one. But yeah. you're right, a new environment for James Harden. Look, if he can do even close to what he did when he first came out with the Nets, that team is no doubt going to be scary. Uh, JVT, aside from that trade that made a lot of an impact naturally with those two teams, is there any other trade that maybe people aren't talking about as much that could definitely make a dent heading into the end of the stretch? Uh, so I, I don't know if I think I was on with you. I think I've told you this uh, already, but you know, about two weeks ago, I bet the Phoenix Suns at seven to one uh, to win the NBA Finals, and nobody's going to really care about what the Phoenix Suns did. I think a lot of people might even listen to this and go, "The, the Suns did something yesterday." Uh, they did. They acquired Tory Craig. Uh, and they got Aaron Holiday, and they just got Aaron Holiday for cash. But to me, like those, while those two moves are on the fringe, those are two and two really solid moves that shored up some of the, the the holes on this Suns roster. And there's not a lot, right? Torrey Craig comes in as a really good wing defender who was on their team last year, so he slides in perfectly. He'll be able to knock down open three point shots when he gets them. And Aaron Holiday fills in really nicely as a backup guard position, considering the campaign has been injured, and that's been one of the things that they've been short on is backup ball handling. I really like what Phoenix did because this is a near complete team that went out and spent very little to shore up the very few flaws that they had with their roster. Like every time I watch them, Danny, they, they just look more and more like the best team in the NBA. And yesterday it's not going to get written about. It's not going to cause you to change your odds in any way whatsoever. But for me, if we're talking about like impactful moves or moves that I liked the most, I really liked what Phoenix did kind of moving in silence and shoring up two of the biggest issues on their roster yesterday. All right, JVT, let's look forward to tonight. The Nuggets and Celtics battling it out in Boston, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. I know you have some interest in this game as we see Boston laying six. This total at about 218.5, but uh, what was your assessment on this game now that we do see this spread around six? Yeah, you know, this is a pretty good test for Boston because Boston has been, uh, all season long, Boston's been one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, right? They're second or third in defensive efficiency, depending on how you measure it, non-garbage time minutes, just overall defensive efficiency. They've been really, really solid. And they're currently right now, they've won eight out of their last nine games. Uh, they've been covering these numbers. Their offense has been a little bit better. But, but how they guard, how they defend a Denver Nuggets team who has been really, really solid lately. 118.4 points per 100 possessions in their last five contests. They've scored 110 or more points in 10 out of 12. Nikola Jokic has been incredible. 27.6, 12.6, and 9.6 during this 12-game run that they've been on. But Denver's only 5-6-1 and one ATS in those 12 games because 
One, their bench is not still, still is atrocious, right? When Denver's got Jokic on the floor, they're the Suns. When he's off the floor, they're the Pistons. And that's a pretty big edge here for Boston. And I think that's why the market's moved here. But I'm really interested to see if Boston is going to be able to defend the Denver Nuggets at a high level like they've been able to do recently, holding seven out of their last eight opponents to under a point per possession, like they, if they'll be able to do that here against Denver. So I think the market got it right. The, the overnight was four. You obviously got a, a little bit of a short stick here if you're going to get in late, so wait in-game here. But this is, I think, a pretty big test for Boston, who very quietly, by the way, is still in contention for the Atlantic and the top six seed in the Eastern Conference who made their own move yesterday. So it's a really intriguing spot here for the Celtics. All right, JBT, we know that you're our NBA expert. Love talking hoops with you, but got to get your thoughts because you're a solid NFL handicapper as well. You've been doing great this year per usual. And the Rams still laying four in this spot against the Bengals. I want to get your overall thoughts on the game, then go into some props if you've got any. But with the spread at four, total at about 48 in the hook, what do you like? So I, I laid on conference championship Sunday once the games were over. I laid three and a half with the Rams, and then I like I just I think what is lost some when we're looking at this matchup. You know, we we can talk about Stafford and the interceptions and the turnover worthy plays that he did commit uh, near the tail end of the regular season. But this is a really aggressive passing attack. Stafford has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, they're top five in passing offense. They're bottom twenties in running offense. This all is on Stafford and Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. His average depth of target of nine yards downfield. They're hyper-aggressive, I think, when it comes to this passing attack, and they get a Bengals defense that is one of the worst in the National Football League in air yards allowed and yards after catch allowed. It just really plays into the hands, I think, of the Los Angeles Rams offense. And on the flip side, get that mismatch of the front seven and that offensive line. So I laid three and a half with the Rams. I, I think it's going to be a little high-scoring, Danny, because you know the defensive numbers are not very good for the L.A. Rams themselves in terms of air yards, yards after catch, and the like. Uh, but I do think that the Rams have enough offensively that they're really going to have, I think, a pretty big day against the Bengals secondary, which, remember, uh, looked like they were about to get run off the field in the first half of that AFC championship game. Yep, I'm with you. All right, and then any props, maybe one or two, that are making the top of your list? Or are you waiting for some numbers still? How have you been doing in the prop market? So I, I played over uh, Matthew Stafford passing yards, 278.5, kind of tying to what we're talking about there with his ability to right, get, get super aggressive with his passing attack and have success. Uh, Odo Beckham Jr., 25-1 to 1 to win Super Bowl MVP. Uh, if you look at some of the others, uh, like Von Miller, Leonard Floyd to get the first sack, you can get them at, I think, it's like 4-6-1 and six to one respectively. If I remember correctly, a game to be tied again, zeros after 0-0. Zero, zero. That's about minus a uh, small price, minus 115. And uh, I will give you a fun prop because I like a lot of these. Uh, over at the Westgate Superbook, you can get Evan McPherson plus two and a half points versus Joel Embiid made free throws. They're playing the Cavaliers tomorrow, and that is the game that they are using. Cavaliers are one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Also one of the best defensive teams without fouling, uh, second in terms of defensive free throw rate. So had a little fun with the cross-board action there too, but that's uh, some of the stuff that I got right now. Awesome, man. Well, we love the coverage. Keep it up. I know you do great stuff this weekend, and we'll be looking forward to it. Thanks for making some time as always. Anytime, buddy. Thank you. Jonathan Von will at me, JVT, where you can get more of his content on Twitter. Remember, he's VEASAN Senior NBA Analyst. Does a write-up every single day previewing all the games in the association. So check it out, VSIN.com. And, of course, co-host of The Edge throughout the week with Matt Humans. But I'm glad JVT's on the same side as me for the Rams. He got the great number, man. I mean, he got three and a half right when that thing opened after championship weekend. And we'll see if it touches back down to three in the hook. We were talking about it with VEASAN's betting reporter last night, Josh Applebaum, and he's like, well, you know, Caesars did it as a promotion. It wasn't really a true three and a half. 
But now that we are finally here at the weekend, you'll get a flood of money and bets coming in from the public, traveling to Vegas, wherever else, and finally making those wagers. So we'll see if there is going to be a significant impact with the spread or the total. I'm not really banking on the spread as much per se, but I feel like we've just been waiting so long to see this total move. And our thought process was that it would at least maybe move up to 49 or 49 and a half ever so slightly did we see the juice at Bet Rivers on the over, but right now it's still minus 110 each way. So I think this total is priced appropriately. The number at 48 in the hook seems good to me, so I'm not going to touch it, but I've heard differing opinions on both sides. So if you got any strong thoughts, let me know at DannyBurke5, but we'll get some more opinions on this game coming up next with James Salinas, former Super Contest champion and current host of the Pro Football Blitz alongside Brady Cannon, another Super Contest champion here on and so James will give us his thoughts on the overall scope of the game, some props, and much more. And don't forget that we're continuing with the props at the end of the show, my official play. So lots more to go. Stick around. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN. This is Rush Hour on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Super Bowl Sunday, Billy Walters, the Michael Jordan of sports betting, sits down with Beeson for only his second interview ever. His first was with 60 Minutes, and now he joins legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger for an in-depth conversation discussing the current state of sports betting, advice to gamblers based on his life as a sports better, as well as his upcoming memoirs. This exclusive interview is only available on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Tonight, we'll show an extended clip from the interview on primetime action, 7 p.m. Eastern time with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown. Then watch the complete interview this Sunday at noon Eastern only on VSIN.com. Welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Man, that Billy Walters interview, cannot wait for that. Like we said, the Michael Jordan of sports betting. If he's the Michael Jordan of sports betting, well, this man is about the Scotty Pippen of sports betting, and that is James Salinas, at Rounding Again on Twitter, where you can follow him, co-host of the Pro Football Blitz here on VEASAN and former Super Contest champion. James, it's great to have you back. I know last week we took a little break because we had this elongated rest time before for the games, but now I know you are locked and loaded with plenty of bets. Uh, before we get into the props, I just want to get your overall assessment of this game since we haven't touched on it yet. Spread is resting at four. Total, same thing, been stagnant at 48 in the hook. What were your thoughts when it opened, and what are your thoughts leading up to the game now? Danny, typically when Super Bowl comes out, we get we're caught up watching the AFC and the NFC championship games on championship Sunday. And I typically don't want to know what the number is right away because I don't want to let what I just saw on that championship Sunday really kind of have any kind of any kind of impact on my thinking about this game. You know, we're, we all get prisoner. We, we can be tender, at least for me, I can be a prisoner of the moment and be reactive of what we saw for whether a team looked good, they were fortunate, whatever the case might be. And so I try not to get involved 
where I look right away at what was the opening line, where was it, where did it move? Because I uh, because we have two weeks of this, and so we're closing in. We're roughly like you said, we're 48 hours away from kickoff. Finally, Danny, can we hurry and kick the ball? Because I'm almost to the point where I don't want to hear, see, read anything more about this game. I feel like I'm at this point where I'm so excited for this game. This is like everybody has their holidays, and whether it be it be Christmas, Thanksgiving, Fourth uh, of July. I loved Fourth of July as a kid and lighting fires and blowing things up. That was awesome. But this is one of my holidays, Danny. I love the Super Bowl weekend. We're finally here. We're 48 hours away. I'm just ready to kick the damn ball and let's get it on. James is ready to run through a wall, baby. Give him those helmets and shoulder pads and he'll be playing with those other guys out there. All right, James. Well, fortunately, we can't bet on your player props for what you'll do on Sunday. I'm sure uh, drinks consumed and, uh, you know, food eaten will all hit the over. But what about for the guys actually on the field? I know you got a plethora of plays. So how about you dish out some of your top props that you have dialed in for Sunday? Absolutely. So I, I look at it this way. I, I'm le- here's where I'm leaning with the game. I'm leaning towards the Bengals where it was four and a half. Now that's pretty much consensus four. So anytime we're talking about a half a point, especially on a number like four at four and a half. Now I've missed that best number. And like I told you, Danny, I don't want to rush and hurry and try. You know, we always want to get the best numbers, but with two weeks of hype and things to do and, and try to process these games. If I miss the best number, that's okay. There's plenty of other options. We know Danny in the Super Bowl with all these props, there are so many opportunities with the betting menu to be able to, to find some plays and make some money. So with this said, I'm leaning towards Cincinnati with the, with the number as well as the total playing the under. But since that's been stagnant, like you said, at 48 and a half, I was hoping by now, maybe it'd go to 49. Maybe it'd go to 49. If it was at 49 and a half, I probably would have bet and played the under. But since we're not there, looking at these props, they're kind of correlated how I think the game's going to go and where I want to go with this with my bet. So what I did, I played a couple of Rams totals when it came to player props and looking at Stafford's player prop total, it was sitting at 285 and a half. Now this one, I went up to, went up the hill. So we're here in Colorado. It's called going up the hill. It's up to Blackhawk. It's about 30 minute drive for me going up into the foothills of Colorado. And that's where you can go to the brick and mortar shops. You can run up and down the Blackhawk strip and find the best numbers. And at the Superbook is where I found Stafford's passing yard sitting at 285 and a half passing yards. I bet that under now that number is no longer there. Just to be clear, it has since moved after that bet to 283 and a half. I'd probably still recommend it at 283, but it's kind of correlated here, Danny, with the Rams team total, as far as rushing yards were concerned, sitting at 110 and a half. So I looked at it this way here, thinking about both of these teams over the course of 20 games this season, including the postseason for the LA Rams, they've had three games this year where they've eclipsed 285 yards passing and 110 yards rushing within that contest. First one was back in week five against Seattle and that vaunted Seahawks defense. We know that's not the Legion of Boom anymore. The other two games where they were able to surpass those two numbers within the same game, week eight against the Texans, week 13 against the Jaguars. So not very stellar competition that we're talking about that they face when they're able to both eclipse 285 yards passing and 110 yards rushing collectively as a team. So that's why I've played those two bets thinking of correlated wise. Okay. If Stafford is slinging the football around, he's going to have to have plenty of opportunities to do that. And that's going to take away from the opportunities, the rush conversely, if they're pounding the football, maybe they're ahead. You keep rushing the football. 
I just think my plays here for both of these, maybe it's in a sense, not necessarily a hedge, Danny, but feeling like, look, if I, I can't see both of these going over. I could see potentially both of these going under because you think about playing against the Cincinnati Bengals here, Danny, over the course of the same 20, 20 games for the Cincinnati Bengals, both regular season, including the playoffs, they've only allowed one opponent to go over 285 yards passing and 110 yards rushing within that same game. That was all the way back in week five, which was an overtime loss against now the NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers. So you figure I like my chances here in a sense, maybe one goes over, maybe, maybe one goes under, maybe one goes over in a sense. I just lose the juice, but I have a much better feeling that I would be able to hit both of these when it comes to Stafford's passing yards under 285 and a half and the Rams team total rushing yards under 110 and a half. Okay, interesting. No, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, for both of them to go over, doesn't seem like that would be the case. You probably do have better chances of getting both of them under. So we'll see what can happen in both respective categories. Now, James, this guy has arguably been the most popular player discussed leading up into this game, and that is Evan McPherson, the kicker for the Bengals. Popular guy to bet his props with, and I did a prop with him too. I did that the Bengals would get a field goal in the first half. What is your angle on McPherson for his kicking prop in this game looking at the kickers and I know woo I'm having a Super Bowl party here Danny now <laughs> what you bet Salinas what are we, what are we rooting for <laughs> we're rooting for the damn kickers no and usually I'm like I don't want to see place kickers get out in the field I don't trust them let's go for it on fourth down but you just mentioned McPherson absolutely talk about that I mean this is a rookie kicker how nails has this kid been not only throughout the season but definitely in the playoffs when it's winning time to put yourself in the Super Bowl right now McPherson through the playoffs for the three games for the Bengals. To me, he's the most valuable player. He has kicked 12 for 12 in the Super Bowl at, for, as a place kicker or through the playoffs as a place kicker, four of those in each game. He hasn't missed, and they've relied on him to have to kick the game winner. Think about the divisional game there in Tennessee. Now, I, I was sitting at uh, minus 120 for him to go over his field goal over one and a half field goal attempts. Can he make two of those? Will he get two attempts? I think so. I think there'll be a lot of opportunities between the twenties for both of these teams offensively, but neither team really is great within the red zone. So it's kind of correlated here. I did bet McPherson over one and a half field goals, minus 120 at the Superbook. Now that has moved to 140. I don't recommend it laying that juice at 140. See if you can find a better price. But also the other bet that I made with that correlated total field goals over three and a half. Also found this at the Westgate. That was plus 140. You think about Matt Gay. Yeah, maybe he's dealing with an injury, but we're playing indoors. We're, uh, we're playing indoors. The conditions are going to be fine. Great surface here. And these guys, like I said, both teams, I think are going to move the ball within the 20. So I think there'll be plenty of opportunities for both of these field goal kickers to be able to make their get old, have the attempts and get over three and a half plus the 140, Danny. That was just too juicy of a price for me to pass. All right, James, we got a little bit less than a minute to go. Joe Burrow for your MVP, plus 250. If the Bengals win, is it pretty much solidified he's getting that trophy? That's why I wanted to do it. I'm leaning towards the Bengals. I missed the four and a half. It's still sitting at four. I don't know if I'll get involved. I'll probably more so with the side in the total. I'll just be playing that in-game based on what I have already bet. But if the Bengals win, I mean – you think the Bengals are going to win and you're looking at money lines sitting around plus 165, plus 170. I think your best bet is to go with Joe Burrow plus 250. That's where it's at Superbook as well. I mean, if he, if the Bengals are able to, uh, to win this Super Bowl, the story's been all about Burrow throughout the regular season and the playoff comeback player of the year just announced last night. 
for the Players Honors Award? Absolutely. How does he not win it if Cincinnati wins? I love Burrow plus the 250. That's a great price. Yep, if you're not taking the points but you like the Bengals, probably the best route to take in terms of value. I'm with you, James. But, hey, best of luck, my friend. Thank you, as always, for coming on throughout the course of this NFL season. Enjoy your holiday, and hopefully we can catch up again soon. <laughs> Absolutely fine. And take care out there. Good luck with your bets. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend, James Salinas at Rounding again on Twitter, co-host of the Pro Football Blitz here on VEASAN. Final props coming your way as we round out a Friday edition before the Super Bowl of Russia. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. That Rivers has amazing odds boosts for the big game. Your first real money same game parlay on the Super Bowl is risk-free up to $25. Get a surprise Super Bowl profit boost for an exclusive Super Bowl prop every day just for logging in. So visit Bet River Sportsbook today and check out all the options along with exclusive new promotions for sports bettors. Must be 21 plus, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Folks, it is the final segment before we head in officially into Super Bowl weekend. The show is Rush Hour. The network is VEASAN, and I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, where you can follow me on Twitter. But don't worry, plenty more coverage nonstop here on the network, even through the game and post-game. We will have you covered all the way through, and we are thankful that you are with us. So now that we have made it to the final segment of Rush Hour, it is time to get into Prop Shelf, my top props for Super Bowl 56. Rams and Bengals, what do we have dialed up? Let's, let's tell you. Hey, we've done it from last week. We've gone through them all up until this week, or at least most of them. But here are the official plays that I am rolling with. Prop wise, let's start with the running back, Joe Mixon. We talked about him last week, and we are taking his rushing yards under. 65 and a half was the number that we took. And honestly, if you get it down into like 61 and a half, I still think it's a viable option. I'm not going to tell you and tout it as much considering you're missing it by that much. But I think if you're above 60 and a half, you're probably still safe betting Joe Mixon under. Now he's averaging 63 rushing yards per game this season overall, and he's only eclipsed 65 and a half in eight out of 19 games. Furthermore, 
the defense he's going up against is tremendous. I mean, this whole season, the Rams have been limiting opposing tailbacks to just 3.9 yards per carry. More recently, during the stretch of the postseason, tailbacks are only getting 3.1 yards per carry. And only six opposing running backs have gone over this mark versus the Rams this year. And guess what? No running backs have gone over this against the Rams this postseason. The closest running back to do it was Leonard Fournette. He only had 55 rushing yards. Joe Mixon has only gone over it once this postseason. He did get 88 rushing yards against Kansas City. But remember how dominant the Rams are up front. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, just to start. Bad offensive line for Cincinnati. Joe Mixon's a fantastic player. He'll get involved one way or the other. I just think once it shows that it's not going to be a viable offensive scheme at the beginning parts of the game, they're probably going to abandon it against this Rams defense that ranks fifth in DVOA against the run. And especially if they're trailing, because I like the Rams in this game, so I think they'll be having to play catch-up to a certain degree, they are going to look to throw the ball more. So I think Joe Mixon will be limited in the run game. Passing game, we'll see what he can do, but I'm taking him under 65 and a half rushing yards. Moving along, going to the side of the Rams. How many first downs are they gonna get in this game? Number was at 20 in the hook earlier last week. We played the over. And we really like that because the number has not moved. Over 20 in the hook, minus 125. Love this play for the Rams to go over 20 and a half first downs. They're averaging 21 first downs per game this whole season. During the postseason, they're averaging about 22. Cincinnati defensively allowing opponents 20 first downs per game this year, but 21 this postseason. Looking at the specific game logs, the Bengals allowed 24 first downs to the Chiefs, 23 to the Raiders, and 16 to the Titans. Let's take that into context, though. Tennessee, awful quarterback in that game, and Ryan Tannehill, offense was non-existent. So if it was somewhat of a competent offense, like you will see with the Rams, I envision and assume that they would get over that mark. The Rams this postseason had 24 first downs at Tampa Bay, 25 versus San Francisco, also a really good defense, and they only had 16 versus Arizona. Take that into context. They had boom plays, right? It was just huge plays that got them down toward the end zone. They got great field position from the turnovers from Arizona. They did not need to be methodical, organized, and go step-by-step -step to win that game, so that's why they stayed under. This will be different against the Bengals, and I believe the Rams will get over 20-and-a-half first downs at minus 125. Next, how about total yards of the longest punt by Kevin Huber, the punter for the Bengals? Yes, you may think I'm crazy. We like doing kicking props, but we have never done a punting one because I don't think we've ever really seen one. And it's a holiday for props, so we had to get involved. So Kevin Huber with his punting yards prop for the longest punt, the number's at 52 and a half, right? And the over's minus 129. The under's about plus 105. Now, on average, his punt, distance is 53 yards he has gone over 52 and a half in 12 out of 19 games this year in domes against the raiders kicked a long punt of 58 yards against the lions kicked a long punt of 58 yards as well now i get it so far technically isn't a dome the sides are open but let's be honest it's damn near a dome so we'll count it as that and in the postseason he's gone over it in two out of three games got a 57 yard punt versus the raiders and 54 
on the road against the Chiefs. The one he stayed under was against Tennessee outside 48 yards. But I think it's a decent spot here for Huber. We are getting involved in the punting prop. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt if you want. But I like the advantage here for Huber to get over 52 and a half for his longest punt. Sticking with kicking, let's go total successful field goals by the Bengals in the first half. We played over a half, meaning the Bengals, I believe, are going to make at least one field goal in the first half, minus 143. McPherson is a popular guy, like we said. Even James Salinas is getting involved in the rookie, and he has been great this year, and especially this postseason. So, against the Raiders, he had two field goals made in the first half. At Tennessee, had three field goals made in the first half. At Kansas City, had one field goal made in the first half. So he has gone over this in every postseason game thus far. Does not mean that he's guaranteed to go over it against the Rams, but when we talked about it heading into the AFC Championship, because we like this bet as well, but it was like minus 159, it's going to be the same mantra, I believe, for Cincinnati. In the first half, you're just looking to get points on the board, especially if you're having struggles offensively in the first place. So if it's like fourth and three, fourth and four, you're more prone to settling for a field goal, and especially with the fact that they trust McPherson from pretty much any distance, they're more likely to settle for a field goal in the first half than they would in the second half if they're trailing or just wanting to be more, uh, more aggressive on those fourth and shorts. So I think you have a good angle here with McPherson to kick a successful field goal in the first half, and I played that he would at minus 143. Finally, another prop that we did discuss yesterday. I ended up pulling the trigger on it. Let's talk about Jalen Ramsey and his total tackles. Now, at Bet Rivers, with the total tackles, it counts for singular tackles and assists. So three in the hook is the number for Jalen Ramsey. The juice is on the over minus 134. I'm fine with laying that minus 134. In 19 games this season for Ramsey, he's averaging four and a half total tackles per game. He's gone over three and a half total tackles in 12 out of 19 games. And furthermore, this postseason, he has gone over it in two out of three games. Had four versus Arizona, four versus Tampa Bay, but only one versus San Francisco. Give it a little bit of context. Look, Jimmy G not throwing the ball as consistently downfield as Kyler Murray or as Tom Brady. And as much as Joe Burrow will presumably do so to his favorite receiver, Jamar Chase, who we are assuming is going to be matched up with against Jalen Ramsey. So if he's going to get a high frequency, I mean, a high volume of throws toward his way, that's going to open up the door of opportunities for Ramsey to make some tackles. So I think we see Ramsey go over three and a half total tackles, minus 134. And finally, really quick, we won't go too crazy with it because I've talked about it a lot these past couple of weeks. Our two Super Bowl MVP bets, Cooper Cup at six to one. The dude was in conversation for the regular season MVP. And Stafford can have an off game, and Cooper could go off, and he can still win it. So 6-1, to one, I like that value. And then Aaron Donald at 18-1. to one. If anybody can consistently disrupt this Bengals offense, you best believe it's arguably the most dominant player in the NFL, and Aaron Donald like the value at 18-1. to one. For the full game, we laid the four with Los Angeles, and that's what I'm rocking with all together as of now, folks. If I add anything else, we'll talk about it on the Point Spread Sunday show. Uh, Femi and myself will be hosting 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time here on VEASAN. And like we said, we'll have you covered all throughout the course of this entire weekend. So overall, 
if you bear with us, we'll recap all these plays we've got tonight. The Bulls money line minus 150 versus Minnesota. We have got the Jets and the Stars over five and a half goals at minus 122. Laying four with the Rams in the Super Bowl. Jalen Ramsey over three and a half total tackles. Rams total first downs over 20 and a half. Kevin Huber longest punt over 52 and a half yards. Joe Mixon under 65 and a half rushing yards. Bengals total successful first half field goals. Over a half, minus 143. Then our Super Bowl picks for the MVP, Cooper Cup, 6-1, to one, and Aaron Donald at 18-1. to one. Thank you to everybody for joining us, guest-wise, fan-wise, all the production team. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend, and remember to stick around, VEASAN. Great interview with Billy Walters coming this weekend and much, much more. Until Monday, best of luck with all your plays, and take care, folks. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.